Welcome to the Professional Ag Marketing Podcast. If you want a deep dive into the ag markets and risk management strategies, your search is over. Come here after every Friday to get your weekly commodity recap. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. This is your host, Mike Miner. Let's get started. Today is September 22nd. I've got Nick with us today. How's it going, Nick? Good, Mike. Good deal. Well, we're going to talk uh, about a couple different things today, but it's going to be mainly based on some of the reactions that we had this week in these commodity markets and uh, talk about the Catalan feed report. How's that sound? Sounds great, Mike. All right. Well, we had a little bit of news come through Wednesday afternoon, actually, but it impacted yesterday's markets with some heavy selling across a range of commodities that was mainly a result of ideas that the Fed's inflation fight will continue for the next coming months. They agreed to pause uh, and not raise rates here, but uh, in the coming months ahead, it sure didn't sound like they're going to lower them anytime soon and uh, still be trying to offset some of this inflation. So it, the the risk off move was definitely across many of these commodities and uh, put a lot of the bear camps back in control for the grains, for lean hog market, for cattle, a lot of different sectors here. And I would say for the grain specifically too, we did pile on with Something I think that'll be uh, uh, worth noting here for many of these commodities, but uh, we've seen a lot of sales from Brazil to China recently, Nick, on soybeans. And one of the main reasons for that is definitely that we've had tight ending stocks here uh, over the past couple of years, but we've also had this rising U.S. dollar. And uh, for the grain markets anyways, it makes us less competitive from a global export perspective with that higher U.S. dollar. But I'm curious to what you're going to say about it from a beef export point of view. What do you think about that and uh, the impact our dollars had on exports, Nick? Yeah, certainly um, the beef export deal has been pretty sluggish for quite some time the way it is. Um, you know, we think and or know that uh, U.S. beef prices are, you know, 25 to 35 percent higher than any other market or any other export market. Oh, wow, that's substantial. Right, right. So, and then now with this dollar really making this move like it is, I think uh, you could really see them beef exports fall off quite a bit. We also think that Imports will continue to tick higher as they have been here the last couple months too, so that you know that will that will certainly create some more supply available domestically. Uh, but um, yeah, we'll see how long that that lasts with the with the dollar doing what it's doing. Speaking about uh, supplies domestically here, what did the Catalan feed report tell us today, Nick? Well, I think the, the, the report itself, you know, it, obviously the numbers were really close to estimates, nothing real earth shattering in those numbers. And, the you know, the, I think the, the market should have a fairly neutral response next week. What was very interesting, though, I think, and we've been waiting for this for some time, but finally now uh, when you, when you kind of extrapolate the placement data, it does look like the month of December is going to have about 90,000 head less uh, Fed supply available for that month. 
Now that does not include any carryover cattle from that Ocknove time frame. We do believe we're probably backing some cattle up today with where the harvest levels have been and um and and also just the producer mentality out there you know that margin over feed where that's at they're heavily advantaged to to add more pounds of beef to the cattle that are in the yards rather than go play some two thousand dollar calves so uh with that being said i think we're gonna have you know a hole coming there in december but um we're certainly gonna have some cattle up front that are gonna fill part of that right mm-hmm. and so it it it's going to be interesting how that leverage is going to go there right is the producer going to to be able to gain some leverage um as we work into that hole or will the packer be able to manage that situation quite well is all kind of the big question mark so far the packer has been able to manage cash extremely well here for the last couple months i would say really hanging in this mid 180 range uh, and now their margins have dropped off some here, I guess, with, with choice beef dropping down to that back closer to that $300 level and, and cash cattle staying really similar. Um, it, 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 it's kind of a telltale deal of, of where we're at though, right? You're, you're in the third week of September here and steady cash. There's obviously some, some folks hanging on to some cattle, um, because they're not, Typically, they would be able to be lowering cash here through this time frame. So um, that's probably still coming yet. It'll just be interesting how that all fits in with that uh, November, December hole from the placement data. Interesting. You know, December cattle here spent most of the week consolidating after last week's all-time highs. So uh, traders did grow a little cautious ahead of this cattle on feed report. I'm curious to see. You know, you mentioned it should be a neutral reaction to the report news, but I'm curious to see what uh, buyers are going to do after we got this report out of the way and if they uh, try to put in some of those fresh new highs. uh, I'm very interested to see what happens from here on out. What else do you got on cattle here this week, week, Nick, that catches your eye? Well, yeah, just that I guess you know futures are in are in uh, are in the hundredth percentile, right? I mean these cattle futures are are extremely good, and 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 even though um, cash cattle has has rate stayed very steady here for the past while, uh, futures have have continued to gain ground. I mean you got them, you know that ap- that April twenty four deal just knocking on two bucks, and then. And then a ways out there, you know, like Disa 24, even trading at 198 level, just phenomenal levels uh, that that are being offered, even though we've had a relatively stable cash market. So I think producers gotta gotta look at that at least take and and, and look at putting some some uh, coverage on cattle that are in the yards today, with, because uh, because of we've already gained some appreciation in futures on these fall calves. So. Um, certainly be taking a look at that what else you got for us today nick anything for some of the broader range commodities well i just think uh i i think you're going to touch on it too mike in the grain wrecks but you know with with the ethanol margins where they are in this grain in the corn complex um look for probably some lower ddg levels over time here i think they you know their margin they're making gobs of money on the ethanol side of things and and hopefully, while well, we know that we're going to work into some lower cost of gains here very soon as we get into the new crop, and, and we're pretty excited about that. Um, 
certainly uh, should look into, I think, some some contracts or or uh, procurement of these distillers, though, as they as as they may you know offer some deals on that with with the with the good ethanol margins they got coming at them. Definitely, you know, we've seen a little bit of a drop in production real recently here, and we've seen such a drop off in ethanol stocks with these high margins, like you suggested. Uh, should see some really nice production going forward, and uh, these ethanol plants are uh, going to be really competitive as well, so that'll definitely impact some Western Corn Belt basis levels, I think, going forward, and their aggressiveness with lighter books on today uh, shouldn't surprise anybody going forward. And seems like uh, the harvest progress so far, Nick, it's surprising to me. Two weeks ago, I would have thought by the time we got to today, we would would have seen a lot more harvest progress through the United States, especially right here in our area. Um, I'm a little bit discouraged about uh, harvest progress so far. I'm surprised we haven't seen more done, I guess, at this point. Any comments on harvest progress so far? Yeah, I would just echo that. It seems slow. It seems, uh, um, you know, obviously the bean harvest is is very unique we got we mm-hmm. got a lot of beans out there that the beans are dry but the stems are are not fun to combine and so that's i think uh part of it you know guys are wondering if they should move to corn or or, or stay after these beans but um yeah, it is a it's a unique fall, that's for sure, Mike. Well, a little bit of rain this weekend in the forecast for the Western Corn Belt. We'll see after uh, this weekend's rains how uh, how many people get back out in the field here to really get a good start on things. I expect definitely by the end of the month here to really have some significant progress done, and that sets us up for the October WASDA report coming up in a few weeks. I think it'll be. Uh, imperative that we have uh, conclusive results from harvest progress up until that point to to really tell us something about where yields are at and, and what we're seeing prior to that report. So thank you for your time today, Nick, and we'll have you on next time. Can't wait. Yeah, thank you, Mike. And thank you to all our listeners. Please reach out to us at professionaleggmarketing.com. Check out our other podcast as well, Professional Ag Marketing, that's released every Friday. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. See you next time.